Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. Ahead on NBA Today, Perk tweeted, what about the Lakers' new backcourt? And Ramona on whether they're done making moves this offseason. Plus, we've got our summer school report cards. Our crew gave which team an A-plus for their bold offseason and who got an F. And from class to hall pass, looking back at the best moments of Manu Ginobili's Hall of Fame career ahead of his enshrinement. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome into NBA Today. Happy Friday, everyone. Hey. I'm Cassidy Hubbard filling in for Malika Andrews, joined by ESPN NBA senior writer Mona Shelburne. Welcome back. Happy Friday. And to close out the week, we have to bring in two guys we haven't had on our show uh, since the hiatus. NBA champion Kendrick Perkins and ESPN mm-hmm. NBA front office insider Bobby Marks. Welcome back, gentlemen. All right. Hey, what's up, Casper? What's up, Mom? Amazing. All right, we're, you know, it's Friday. We're, you know, we're heading into the weekend. All right, Perk, we're, we're going to waste no time putting you on the spot here because you're back and, you know, we, we love to have fun with you. You took to Twitter a lot over the past few weeks. Can't help himself. Um, we really can't. And we, we want to see, though, um, yeah. what you still stand by and play a little take it or leave it. It's that simple, Perk. So let's start with your Cavs take following their trade for Donovan Mitchell. You tweeted, on paper, the Cavs have the best starting line up in the NBA they could potentially have four all-stars next season carry the hell on of course you still taking it or you leaving that well well Cassidy is not too many things I'm leaving and that includes food and my Twitter okay that's the first thing so I'm taking it I'm taking it and I think that anybody that's disagreeing with me is just crazy okay here's Hmm. why When you look at their starting five, you have Darius Garland, who I think is one of the top point guards in the NBA, a first-time All-Star last year, a guy that is capable of also playing without the ball in his hands. Then you add Donovan Mitchell. We're talking about a guy that also made the All-Star team last year, along with Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, who are the defensive anchors for his four or five position, one of the best defensive anchors for his four or five five-position duo in the NBA. And then we don't know if they're going to start Karis LeVert or Kuro, but either way, I say the Cavs have the best starting five in the NBA, and I'm taking this. You're taking it. Bobby, you crazy, like he said? <laughs> Do you agree with him or disagree? I love his take, but if it was in 2024, uh-huh. yeah. not 2022. And I think when you look at it, Perk, and we'll play a little bit, a bit of a game here, look at some of these teams I'm going to mention, and tell me when to stop. When you look at Golden State, Boston, <laughs> the Philly, um, the Clippers, Memphis, uh, we could even mention New Orleans, Phoenix. I mean, the list goes on and on. And I don't, they cracked the top 10 for me, probably in that nine to 10 position, probably right behind Brooklyn, because we're talking about paper right now. I don't even see um, them yet. So for me, not right now, but two oh, years from now, potentially. <laughs> 
Bobby. Bobby, how? Like, I, I understand maybe you could put up an argument about the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. I get it, right? But when it comes to the rest of the teams in the, in the NBA, I don't think no one has a better starting five than the Cleveland Cavaliers. When you talk about the now, Evan Mobley is generational. Evan Mobley could have and probably should have been the number one pick as a right in his draft class. As a right now, I have high expectations for this kid. When you talk about his versatility, being able to play a log inside the paint, being a live threat at the basket, his skill set on the perimeter. And then you talk about Darius Garland. Look, I said it once before and I'm going to say it again. He is right now is a top five point guard in the NBA. We think about him and John Morant in their draft class. Truth be told, we all know this. Darius Garland really would have went before John Morant if it wasn't for him being hurt in college. They have it right now, Bobby. Not in 2024, right now, today. So to me, the biggest question is not about well, I, I, how good their starting yeah. five is, though, Perk, is how good is Evan Mobley going to be and how quickly? Because is he going to be the next Kevin Garnett? Is he going to be Chris Bosh, Hall of Famers? Or is he going to be an all-star, which would be a very good thing for him? But is he a generational talent, and how quickly does he get to be that good? Well, he was that good last well, year. I, I think for he me, was too, top I, ten in the. No, go ahead, Bobby. No, no, I think I think two, there's two things for me that I, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about. A, who's playing small forward here? What do they do? Is it Karis Levert or Isaac Okor, or maybe they put Dean Wade at the small forward position here? And then the second one is I want to see this team in a playoff series. I want a playoff series under their belt before I'm anointing them the best lineup in the NBA right now. I mean, but Bobby, you didn't even just annoy. <laughs> you didn't even have them on your top ten. I didn't even see them on that scrolling list. But yeah. let, let, let's leave it at that, okay? Let, let's let's move on, Perk, uh, to another one of your takes. But this wasn't on Twitter. This was actually on TV. Let's take a listen to the scorching take Ooh, you had on Perk, the Lakers. If Russell Westbrook has the right mindset. Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook actually could be the most dangerous defensive backcourt in the NBA. <laughs> I don't know why our producers just zoomed in on your face. Are you taking so it or leaving it? Not the zoom, the take. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking it. I'm well, taking I, it. I, and look, everybody keep talking about... Everybody keep talking about the offensive end, right? And I get it, right? The spacing. Is Russell Westbrook going to be able to knock down corner three-point shots? Is he going to be able to buy into playing off the ball? I get all that. But I'm listening to what Darvin Ham has already challenged Russell Westbrook on, and that's being a defensive guy having one of the best defensive uh, seasons in his career. Do y'all realize this? Russell Westbrook, in my opinion, is the most athletic point guard to ever play the game of basketball. You know how many all-defensive teams Russell Westbrook has made in his NBA career? Zero. So if I'm Russell Westbrook, I'm having the mindset going into this season that my goal should be to make an all-defensive team. And if Russell Westbrook has that mindset, which I think he has to, because he has to show the rest of the world that he's willing to take a lesser role, that you can put him on the team that's going to contend for a title because he could be an asset and not a liability. If he buys in along with Patrick Beverly brings to the table, yes, they can be the best defensive backcourt 
in the NBA. So bold, underline, highlight, could be. A lot of could be. I mean, Ramona, you know the yeah. Lakers inside and out. Are, are you agreeing with Perk here? Look, it's really hot in L.A. the last 10 days, so maybe I'm delirious. I know he, I know what he's saying because he could be. He could, You know when he was an all-defensive player, Perk? UCLA. He played for Ben Howland. He was on an all-defensive team. So he has that in his, his repertoire. Like You know he can be a good defensive player. Ben Howland was a great defensive coach as in the college ranks. He just hasn't done that in the NBA, and it has to be something he wants to do. But that's exactly what he and Darvin Ham have talked about. And I know talking to Darvin about how he sees Russell Westbrook, he says, Russell's been great. If he does what he says he's going to do, we're going to be just fine. Like this is, They have started off on the right foot, and that's more than I can say for the coaching staff last year. Let's see if they were trying to be optimistic. I'm trying to spin it for you, Bert. <laughs> Bobby, what do you think? Well, I'm going to be on Perk's naughty list here because yeah. I'm going to leave it again for the second time here. And I think for me, it's just two things, really. It's will what Russell Westbrook even be on this roster when we get to the regular mm. season here? I think that's certainly a big if. Right now, we're trending towards yes. And I think the second thing is I could see certainly Darvin Ham stagnating both players' minutes as far as splitting up this backcourt, certainly at the end of games, maybe even you know in the third quarter. Um, so I don't see them being on the court a lot together. Uh, I'm just waiting for Perkins. <laughs> I you feel know like better. on this you show know, we're going to hear that you a know, lot. Look, look Bobby, Bobby knows this, right? Bobby knows <laughs> that Russell Westbrook is making, what, close to $50 million 47. this year? And then you look at, 47. okay, 47. Patrick Beverly is making how much? Around 14 to 15 million. 13. Those yep. guys are going to get, you know this, Bobby, those guys are going to get extended minutes. And those guys are going to have to play together because of what they're getting paid. You know, the coaches could dictate a little bit about what's going on for us rotations. But when we know when it comes down to guys getting paid top dollar, sometimes it goes over the coach's head, and sometimes those guys have to get those minutes. I feel like we're going to continue to hear Bobby throughout this show. And, Perk, I, I, like, I want to flip the script here because we're going to put Bobby on the spot because he tried to take a page out of your mm -hmm. hot take book. Do you remember this from a few weeks ago? Rotate. Oh, this is amazing. Then I'm going to stun you with this take here. I actually think Steph Curry is the second best player of all time. Right behind Michael Jordan. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Jacoby was uh, all of us. Um, Bobby, we got we have to go to you first. Are you standing by that 
and taking it, or do you want to leave it now a couple weeks later? I blame Las Vegas for that take yeah. there, Cass. I, 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 think, I think how I, and it's funny, you know, my, my boys, my, 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 my boys said to me, Dad, you're trending on Twitter, and you didn't even get arrested for it. So I would say, I would, I would change the phrasing of that. I would say potentially in the future, <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm going to leave my own take from a month ago. How's that sound? Okay. So you, what you're saying is what, what happened in Vegas. So that's, that's going to stay, stay there. Yeah. Just gonna stay. <laughs> stay. Yeah. And you guys all stay with, he, stay with us here because there's still a lot more to come. Our crew will be handing out some off-season grades. Who makes the honor roll and who did we give an F to? Plus, this weekend, Manu Ginobili will be inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. We will take a look back at his most memorable moments. Don't miss that. And the sun stun the sky in Game 5 and are headed to the WNBA Finals. The highlights you've got to see. That's next. Welcome back to NBA Today, and look who it is. Hall of Famer Rebecca Lobo joining us now to talk everything WNBA. And we have so much to get to, so let's just dive right in, starting with the highlight. Last night, we had the winner-take-all game five between the sun and sky with a trip to the WNBA Finals on the line. Candace Parker trying to punch a ticket to back-to-back -back finals. And let's skip right to the fourth quarter, four to play, where things started to shift. Here, Dewana Bonner and Kalia Copper, they get into a scuffle. As you see, Copper fouls Bonner and then gives her a shove, some jawing between both players, no technicals. But that would start a big run for Connecticut, Rebecca. Where did things break down for the sky in your mind? Well, I think it started with Connecticut's defense. They got two huge blocks that turned into layups the other way. We're getting a chance to see them here. They showed incredible toughness on the defensive end of the floor, and that's kind of been their calling card all season and throughout this playoff series. Happened again on an important jump ball. Natisha Heideman was able to get in and steal it and go the other way. Connecticut just imposed their will defensively, and Chicago broke down, couldn't find an answer. Five fourth quarter points for the Chicago Sky in this game. And they would eventually go on an 18-0 run to close this here. Williams knocking down the mid-range jumper as the Sun would win 72-63 in advance to the WNBA Finals. Candace Parker leaving as her team was still on the court as the questions of her future remain. But here's Dewana Bonner after the win. We wanted this one. We wanted this one bad. Uh, Chicago, we come up here every year in Chicago, kick our ass. So they do. That's just what it is. We lost to them like seven times in a row. Like we couldn't figure it out. And I think that game four, we figured it out and we came here with a little bit more confidence. Because usually when we look up at the first quarter and we play Chicago, we were down 20. And that time, I think when we figured it out at home, we wanted a little bit more here. It's probably one of the biggest disappointments that I've had professionally. So, I mean, uh, the players, they gave everything this year and they did everything. I thought they deserved a little bit more. And so the WNBA Finals are set to start Sunday afternoon at 3 Eastern, noon Pacific on ABC and the ESPN app. MVP, Asia Wilson and the Aces are hosting Jonquil Jones and the Connecticut Sun. Game one of the best of five series. And Rebecca will be on the call 
for the finals with Ryan Rucco, of course. And you were on the call as the Aces knocked off the storm in the semifinals. What's the key for Las Vegas as they head into the WNBA finals? There's a couple of them. First, uh, Vegas has to stay healthy and out of foul trouble. They have a really short bench. Becky Hammond really only played six players in the semifinals. De'Erica Hamby coming off of injury played about three minutes a game. Number two, they have to get Asia Wilson the ball, feed her inside. In their game one loss to Seattle, Asia Wilson only had 10 field goal attempts. And then games two and three, she scored over 30 points. They have to continue to involve her and get her touches. And number three, Chelsea Gray will have to see if she can stay otherworldly. She has been absolutely spectacular in these playoffs, shooting 63% from the field, 60% on threes. And they're not easy shots. They are contested shots. They are daggers. They are killers in big moments against Seattle. When Seattle was making a run or a shot late needed to be made, Chelsea Gray did it over and over again. She has been absolutely spectacular in these playoffs. And your partner, Ryan Rucco, said she may be having the greatest playoff performance of all time. And really, that will be decided during the finals. On the flip side, where do the Sun need to, what do they need to do to slow down the Aces' attack? Well, Kurt Miller talked in their series against Chicago how they needed to make things messy. Uh, and they do that with their physicality on the defensive end of the floor. And Chicago was second in the league in scoring, second in offensive rating. Well, the Las Vegas Aces are number one in scoring and number one in offensive rating. And so Connecticut just needs to continue to use their physicality, continue to muck things up defensively, not allow the basketball to be pretty. That's where Chicago thrived this season and Connecticut was able to take it away. That's where Vegas thrived. And you're seeing uh, on the screen some of the, the, the ways they were able to do that in the Chicago series. I would expect them to be really physical in this series uh, in the finals as well. Well, circling back to last night could be historic for a number of reasons. Candace Parker was rather honest about her playing future after the Sky's quest to repeat uh, came up short. Take a listen. I'm going to go back and reevaluate um, whether I'm able to continue to play at the level that I hold myself to. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing is I don't ever want to cheat the game. I won't cheat the game. So when I'm not able to go out and play and be, you know, the Candace that I want to be, I won't play. And so, um, and that, I think that that comes in the off season. I want to bring back Ramona Shelburne, who has covered Candace throughout her career. But Rebecca, let's start with you. What's your reaction to Candace's comments following her team's elimination? I think Candace Parker can still really play basketball. Yeah. <laughs> she, uh, she was on my all WNBA first team. Uh, you know, she uh, didn't score, I'm sure, the way she wanted to in games four and five, but she is still playing exceptional basketball. We covered uh, all three games of their first round series against New York, and she looked great as she did all season long. So I'm sure she's frustrated with the way the season ended. I would imagine she's a little bit frustrated uh, with her, her lack of scoring in the last two games, but, but Candace Parker can still really play. I will be shocked if she's not playing in the WNBA next year. Just You wonder where it's going to be because she's a free agent and most of the Chicago Sky roster is free agents. 
Yeah, you know, I talked to her before the season um, because she almost rode off into the sunset last year. When they won, that was like the perfect note to go out on. She, you know, she goes back home to Chicago, wins a title the first year back. She was still playing well, and she thought about it. She really, she really took some time after the season, and I think probably if you would have asked her the, the day afterwards, she would have said, yeah, I, I probably am. But she took some time, and she has this bar that she always likes to – she asks herself after the season, how does my body feel? And when I get done playing, will I still be able to play with my kids? Like, that is, that's literally her bar that she has to answer. Do I still love, loving the game? I think that's obvious. Ability, and she said, I don't want to cheat the game, but can I still play with my kids? Now, you remember, Rebecca, a couple of years ago, Candace's body was falling apart. I mean, she, did, she looked like knee-wise, shoulders, everything. Like she had had many surgeries, and she almost couldn't answer that question and say, I don't know if I can. Um, she has another child now. Uh, Air Parker was born this year before the season. Or, and, and I think that is really what it comes down to is physically how does she feel? And I know last night after the game, she said, I won't cheat the game. She still really can play basketball. But let's see where her body is and after she, she takes some time. Because last year, I think the answer changed after she took some time and evaluated and said, yeah, I can still do this and I still want to do this. Yeah, and just, you know, four minutes away from the finals, a lot could have changed. They were right there. I've never seen a game end like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Well, we'll Whew. have to wait and see if, if this is the end of what was no doubt a Hall of Fame career. Rebecca, you were inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame in 2017. Lindsey Whalen and Swin Cash are both getting enshrined this weekend. What are your thoughts on those two becoming Hall of Famers? Well, obviously, both are so deserving of it. But it's interesting to kind of see some of the parallels of their career, starting uh, when they were in college. You know, Swin winning two championships at the University of Connecticut helped solidify them as a powerhouse. Lindsey Whalen in 2004 leading the Gophers to their first Final Four helped really put that program on the map. And then you move on to their WNBA careers, which are similar. Both multi-year champions, uh, Swin Cash winning Three WNBA championships, Swin Cash uh, or Lindsey Whalen winning four, both of them two-time Olympic gold medalists, and now both of them still involved in basketball with Lindsey as the head coach at Minnesota and Swin with the Pelicans. So uh, it's, it's really fun to see them going in together because there are so many similarities throughout the course of their careers. Yeah, and, and we may even see them go back into the Hall of Fame for their second careers yeah. in, in, in basketball. So we will see. We'll have a full recap of the Hall of Fame ceremony on Monday when Malika returns with the crew. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us, and good luck with the finals uh, going forward. Thanks so much. All right, still ahead, uh, speaking of the Hall of Fame, the Manu, the myth, the legend, the best moments of the Spurs icon ahead. Plus, we're handing out some off-season report cards. Who's got an F and who got an A+. We'll talk about that. And there are a handful of franchises that have stockpiled future picks. Which team has the brightest future? We'll discuss all that and more as NBA Today rolls on. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're watching NBA Today. Welcome back. I'm Cassidy Elberth in for Malika Andrews, joined by Kendra Perkins, Ramona Shelburne, and Bobby Marks. And if you're a fan of this show, you know we like to roll out new segments from time to time. So is everyone ready to try mm-hmm. out something new? Because um, it, it's time for <laughs> drumroll, please. Hey. Bobby's <laughs> Mark. Oh. Bobby Marks. Oh. You see? Yep. Bobby, this is your chance to play professor, so I want you to um, pull out your whiteboard. Can you do that for us and get ready to do some grading or marking, if you will, on off-season moves, okay? Um, And Cleveland, this question's for you. What grade are you giving the Cavs? Well, a grade I never received at Marist College, (laughs) an A-plus here. I mean, I look at it, certainly – when I look at it, Lori Markkinen for Donovan Mitchell. We'll worry about the draft picks three years from now, but for Cleveland, it's an A+. I mean, Ramona, since Perk thinks the Cavs have the best starting five in the NBA, I know he agrees with Bobby, but what do you think? I, I like the deal a lot. They're changing the way they play. I mean, last year they were playing as the tall team. They just got real tall around the perimeter. They're going to have to play differently, obviously, this year. But they, they've already done what is the hardest part of a rebuild, which is find good young stars. And they just traded for a young star who's on the same timeline. They didn't trade for a 30-something young star, or a 30-something star. Traded for somebody who's on the same timeline as the guys they already have. So... Uh- uh, hold, hold on one second. I, I'm confused. <laughs> I, I said, Bobby, hold on. Bobby, you named about 10 to 11 teams that you said had a better starting five than the Cleveland Cavaliers, and Receipts. then you give them an A-plus, right? Something that you never give out. You're the hardest teacher ever for his grading, and you give them an A-plus, <laughs> but you still have 11 teams that have a start, 10 teams. Okay, cool. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I'm, only, I'm grading on it. the trade, Perk. I'm only grading on the trade. Okay. It's a curve, you know. He's, okay. gra- he's grading okay. on a curve, really. Um, all right, so, yeah. so let's move on with <laughs> Professor Marks here. Let's go to a team near and dear to your heart, Bobby, Brooklyn. Um, they managed to keep Kevin Durant, which is a win, but what is their overall mark for the offseason? Well, I think it has to be in – and incomplete. I mean, if we were just landed on the planet Earth today, you would look at T.J. Warren and Patty Mills and Nick Claxton, Markeith Morris, the players they signed in the in the offseason, and and Joe Harris back and Ben Simmons. You would say, "Wow, that's Brooklyn should get an A." But does anyone really know what to expect with this Brooklyn team this year? So for right now, it's an incomplete. Perk, we haven't had your thoughts you, on KD you know- staying in Brooklyn. Do you agree with Bobby here? Oh, you about to get them right now. You know what? Incomplete is the perfect word to describe the Brooklyn Nets all together because that's what they are, incomplete, right? We think about the whole situation with Kevin Durant calling for Sean Marks and Steve Nash's job 
So saying, giving them, giving the uh, the owner Josiah an ultimatum that's saying, hey, either it's them or me, and then all of a sudden y'all have a coming to Jesus meeting and everything is okay. No, it, it doesn't work like that. We know what happened with Ben Simmons, okay? Yep. Ben Simmons with his situation in Philly. We haven't seen them play the game in two years. We don't know what we're going to get out of Kyrie Irving. Again, can somebody explain to me how is Steve Nash going to walk into training camp and put his foot down or have the attention of that locker room when he knows that KD feel a certain type of way about him? Well, the biggest thing, though, that they did is they diffused the situation so that they actually have a chance to walk into the same locker room again. I mean, if you would have told me at the end of their season with the press conferences that they had and then with the trade request on June 30th that we'd be sitting here on September 9th talking about training camp in a couple of weeks and Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons are all still on the team and it's Kevin put his, his boardroom logo on that press release saying we're going to move forward together. That would have surprised me talking about June 30th after everything that had happened. And so the fact that they diffused it to this level and they have a chance to put it back together, I, I think you give them a solid C. I get it. I get it with the believe it when I <laughs> yep. see it because we didn't see them together, whether it was uh, Kyrie Irving not with them to start the season and, you know, Ben Simmons not playing mm-hmm. to end the season. We got to see it first. And I understand the incomplete. What were you going to say, Perk? Who is going to be the leader? Like, who is the leader of that locker room, right? I, that's what I want to know because Ben Simmons need guidance. Kyrie Irving need guidance. Hell, Kevin Durant need guidance at this point of time. So I'm trying to see in order to, to go and win a championship, it's in the, it's in the proof. The proof is in the pudding. Yeah. You need some form or some type of leader. I don't see that with the Brooklyn Nets, even from Steve Nash. And I was starting to feel bad for Patty Mills by the end of that season because even Steve Nash was like, he's just mentally exhausted because he was trying to continuously be Mm -hmm. the adult in in the room. So you do have a a, a fair point. But um, speaking of locker rooms, let's go on to everyone's favorite subject and and (laughs) the Lakers because they are going to have a very interesting locker room as well. Bobby, what's what's the mark you're giving to L.A.? Uh, a grade I know all about, a C-plus here. <laughs> and I think I look at the Lakers, Cassidy, uh, I certainly give them a, uh, a plus for the Darvin Ham signing, certainly mm-hmm. Patrick Beverly, but I think my concern is you signed uh, seven free agents in the offseason to one-year contracts here. Certainly the Russell Westbrook situation is still lingering. Um, but for right now, C-plus, but for room for improvement to a potential B. Hmm. Momo, Bobby says the Lakers still have that room to improve depending on what moves they make. But are are there any moves out there for them to actually make? I mean, really the best thing they can do is to play basketball and make this team work. And then there are moves down the line to make. But right now, if you were to trade Russell Westbrook, you'd be trading him at his all-time lowest value at this point. You have to incentivize a trade. And they don't have that much optionality to incentivize a trade. And so the best thing that the Lakers can do right now is just get back out there and play. Put a, a roster. They have a roster that, as Bobby said, there's a lot of guys on one-year deals. That's not historically great for team building. Uh, but obviously they want to leave open some salary. There's some, some room under the cap for next summer when there are quite a few stars that might become available and that Westbrook contract comes off the books. But the question for the Lakers is, was it the message being delivered to Russell Westbrook or the messenger? That's the biggest change they made is hiring Darvin Ham. Let's see if he's, he's probably delivering a lot of the same messages that Frank Vogel and his staff were delivering. But let's see if he delivers it differently. Let's see if the messenger matters. Bobby, who would you trade for? If anyone. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, it, and as Ramona hit it right on the head, this is not a training camp deal. It's kind of when we get into the season, if this team is kind of sputtering around 500, but certainly the two teams are uh, Utah. We, we've got to circle the Jazz as far as what they're doing there. And I think when you look at Mike Conley and Bojan Bogdanovic, Rudy Gay, those three players fit within um, Russell Westbrook's contract. And then the other team would certainly be Indiana with Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. And the big question that will linger is, are the Lakers willing to improve right now, but sacrificing future cap flexibility into next year? Perk, I know you don't have a whiteboard, but you do have a lot of your own segments on this show. I just I want you to do me a favor and just grade this entire segment that we did. I'm going to give it an A+. Plus. Oh. I got to give it an A+. Plus. You know what I mean? It was a lot of insight. It was a lot of back and forth. Anytime you have different opinions and it starts some type of drama and confusion, it's an A-plus in my category. See, it's a good Friday. It's a good, good job. Good job, mm-hmm. Bobby. All right, still to come, Manu Ginobili always gets an A, and he's getting into the hall this weekend. We'll look back at his best moments. That's next. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Everybody knew who Bonnie was. He was the best player overseas. I absolutely love the game. Out front, straightaway three by Ginobili. That's a base. I'm excited every time I play. An acrobatic play by Manu Ginobili. Electrifying the crowd. I like the thrill of the competition. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the Manu Ginobili Show. He is absolutely a Hall of Fame basketball player, and he's given us incredible memories. There was not one season that I really didn't truly believe that we could have won it. I always felt that we had a shot. San Antonio is back on top once again. Their fourth title in nine years. It's impressive to see Mana Ginobili at this yeah, stage yes. with the level of activity he's had. Ginobili fakes, flips it up, and flips it in! 
know, you talk about Ginobili, you know, you talk about greatness. One of the most unique and dynamic players this game has ever seen. What a treat it was watching his career unfold. He won four championships with the Spurs, was a two-time All-Star, a two-time All-NBA selection, and won Sixth Man of the Year in 2008. This weekend, he will be able to add Hall of Famer to the resume. Back now with Ramona, Perk, and Bobby, and let's do a little story time. And uh, Ramona, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of Manu Ginobili? Well, first of all, where they found him. 57th overall pick in the draft. They only took him because they, mm. they were trying to find somebody else to trade that pick to, but nobody nobody paid them, wanted to pay for that draft pick. They couldn't get anything for it. So they, they took Ginobili, and R.C. Buford had given one of the best quotes I, I remember to Zach Lowe a couple years ago. He said, you know, I saw him play on the under-22 team, and he was just doing all, he was like a wild colt out there, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Some of it made sense and some of it didn't. <laughs> that's why he took him. And that's kind of on his career. That's kind of how he played. Eventually it all made sense. Um, but you had to figure out how to use him. And I remember covering his last year or so, um, you, I would go to, I went to a lot of Spurs games back in those days and, and I went up in the stands and you'd always see these fans from Argentina and with the flags on and they wanted to see him in his last couple of years. I went and asked some of them, hey, did, did you fly in just for this game? Are you following <laughs> They book trips from Argentinian tour agencies to follow Manu around the NBA. They would book him not just to go to San Antonio, but like they'd, they'd find road trips and say, okay, you know, like I went to Croatia on a Game of Thrones tour and I would look at all the different sites where they film there. That's what Argentinian tourist agencies did for fans in, in Argentina to follow Manu around. I'm trying to go on vacation with <laughs> Momo, but Perk, you actually played against Manu. Any favorite memories playing against him? Oh, you know I do, and you know I'm a hater, so I got to rain <laughs> on his parade, right? We think of him, he's legendary, I get it. But it's just us in the 2012 uh, Western Conference Finals. We were down 0-2 to the Spurs, right? And I was getting cooked in the pick and roll, and everybody <laughs> was reminding me about it. So in game three, we was going back to Oklahoma City, and we started switching everything. Oh, there it God, go right I'm there. Let me you. see it. Had you know the down. Had the bunker oh. down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then I defended Tony Parker on the first one, and then I switched out on, on my new. They was Locked trying to pick team. on me. And look at me. Give me that. Yeah, another one. There you go. On the perimeter. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? The clap, the clap, like, give, I got you. I can't believe he didn't drive past you. Yeah, let skate. me see it. Oh, man. I, mm -hmm. I appreciated that tape and, and whoever who cut that. Um, Bobby, uh, I don't think that's going to be shown this weekend in the Hall of Fame, um, you know, montage for Manu. But what do, what do you think Ginobili's NBA legacy is? Well, I think a lot of it's about sacrifice. Yep. I mean, if we were putting it on his you know, plaque, it would be the word sacrifice, where he was willing to kind of accept his role. Uh, you know, certainly Ramona hit it on the head where he was drafted, came over a few years later, um, was willing to kind of come off the bench for most of his career. And I think the, the one moment for me really sticks out is, is the 03 NBA Finals when we played them in New Jersey against San Antonio, where he came off the bench and gave them 12 points in, in game five. And that really, you know, kind of pushed them over the top. That was his first NBA championship here. But we never really see that in this day and age where guys want to start. They want to be a full-time starter. And here is a player that sacrificed for the betterment of the team, and he was, you know, certainly rewarded. I mean, there's just too much good Manu video mm -hmm. out there, yeah. um, you know, not to do a, a special top of the top, just to look back on his career some more. Um, so let's let's do it. Ginobili edition. First up, how about top acrobatics? Manu had a flair um, for finishing, 
two ridiculous layups and then a dunk on the Lakers. Perk, what was it like for you, you know, just to see the type of things he could pull off on the court? It, it was special because you, when you thought about the San Antonio Spurs, you thought about like born brand of basketball until he brought <laughs> life to it, right? He was able to bring out a different side of Popovich, right? Pop allowed yep. him to be the best version of himself, which is excitement. But when it comes to Manu for us finishing around the basket, he's at the top of him for us European players best to ever do it. Also, let's look at his top denials. First, this game ceiling block on Harden yes. in the postseason. Like, that was a big part of his game. Um, but I, I think the, the clip that has circled the internet over and over and over again has to be back in 2009 when a bat snuck into the arena. <laughs> Everyone was terrified because it was a bat, um, except Manu, and he swat. You remember that? <laughs> and then the mascot. Ramona, which was more impressive, you think? Um, I can't believe he took on a bat. Like, that's just, <laughs> like, that, it's a bat. And just like, handed it off. <laughs> just handed it, like, I don't it know. no I, big deal. So much going on. Ah. Um, how about top unselfishness? Uh, a trio of insane dimes oh. by Ginobili. Perk, which one of these do you mm. think was best? Oh, that, let me see. The that behind was, the back, That one right there. You know what? Yeah, the behind the back. I mean, relocating, on time, on target. Like, that's just that flavor. Oh, I like that underhand, too. Oh. I like that the wild court, the Ooh, wild colts out there doing all these the crazy things, some of which <laughs> only some of which we just said. surprised you. So good. Last one, though. Um, top theatrics. Manu was the master of the flop and the double flop. <laughs> the double flop. Bobby, fair to call Manu one of the NBA founding fathers of flopping, <laughs> the triple F. <laughs> Well, when we re rewrite these, this new collective bargaining agreement and put the operations manual in place, I think we might actually have a rule that's named after him that we just remove the flop and we just call it the Manu, right? That, yep. I mean, that's probably what it should be as far as when we talk about flopping here. Oh, man. Uh, it's going to be an awesome, awesome night. Can't wait to hear Manu's speech. But um, George Carl's yeah, going to be something. List. Yes, it is. I wonder mm. what Swaggy G is. We, I used to Good call Dale Harris. Like um, also, just a, a note, Walt yep. Frazier, he's, he won the Kirk Gowdy Award, the first um, yeah. all as both a player and a broadcaster. So congrats. Uh, you know, to styling and profiling, I'm sure he will be this weekend in Springfield. Still to come, we'll look at which young franchises around the league are set up with the brightest future thanks to their treasure trove of picks. Stay tuned. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
Ainge recently made his first public statement on the trade, saying, quote, in trading Rudy and now Donovan, it was a rare opportunity to maximize our ability to get quality talent and picks to best position us moving forward. We have a plan in place to help us assemble the championship team our fans deserve. It will take time to craft our roster. We all understand the work ahead and are committed to our vision. Back again with Momo, Perk, and Bobby. And Bobby, you wrote an amazing article you all can find on ESPN.com ranking the teams that control the future of the NBA draft. And here are the teams with the most picks over the next seven days. And the Jazz are right there, uh, seven drafts rather, and the Jazz are right there at the top with the Thunder at 14 picks each. The Spurs and Knicks are the only other two teams with more than 10 picks in that span. So with all that being said, which one team is set up for the best future? And Bobby, you wrote the article, so we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, it's the team that finished fourth, which would be the New Orleans Pelicans here. And I think it's quality over quantity. And I look at New Orleans, what they already have on the roster yep. that were acquired in prior trades. When you look at Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum, Jonas Valanciunas, they drafted Dyson Daniels this year. They've got the, they can swap with the Lakers this upcoming draft. They've got a, a unprotected first. They've got another first from Milwaukee here. So that's the one team out of the eight that are a playoff team right now. And I just like what New Orleans was able to do in the past and what they have going uh, in the future. You know, I think it's also whose draft you control. So I, 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 th I like your point about New Orleans because you have to bet on who, which of the draft teams' drafts that you control are going to be the worst teams, right? So I think if you look at Oklahoma City, they might have the most picks, but the team they control the most picks of is the, the Clippers. I think the Clippers are going to be pretty good for a while. But, but Oklahoma City, though, has already found Chet Holmgren. Josh Giddy, Shea Gilgis Alexander, like they have three really good young players, not to mention all the rest of the draft picks they have. It depends on how long it takes for this young core to get good, but they have so many draft picks. I think they're in a position where maybe you don't end up taking all those draft picks. They do have two Houston draft picks coming up in a couple of years that could be pretty good, but um, I don't know how good those Clippers picks are going to be. I'm with you, Ramon. I, when I look at the Oklahoma City Thunder and I look at what Sam Presti has done over there, right? When you talk about rebuilding from trading Paul George to trading Russell Westbrook to acquiring the picks to getting uh, SGA and then drafting Josh Giddey and Shet and all the rookies that they have in place already with the picks, he has not missed yet. And I think the future is extremely bright for them. I think their future is set up for the long haul. And I do believe that in the next maybe five to six years, Oklahoma City Thunder is the team that we're going to be talking about for us when it comes down to the Western Conference as actually being the best team in the West. They're set up. They're stacked with picks. And Sam Presti don't miss. They did this before, Perk. They got James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Jeff Green. I mean, the list goes on. Like, they've done this once I before. Mm -hmm. But, man, mm -hmm. what a bummer that Chet injury they is. Uh, man. Well, speaking of the future, though, what a lineup we have for you this weekend and Monday. The U.S. Open Women's Final is tomorrow afternoon on ESPN. Our Saturday night football game on ABC has number 10 USC taken on Stanford. The U.S. Open Men's Final is Sunday afternoon on ESPN. And our Monday night football week one matchup has Russell Wilson back in Seattle to lead the Broncos against his former team, the Seahawks. That's on ABC, ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN Plus, and Peyton and Eli on ESPN2.
Still ahead, Eurobasket has given us some outstanding plays from some of the game's biggest stars. Our crew's dream Eurobasket finals. That's coming up next. Puts it on the floor, down the lane. Oh! Incredible beast. Gobert! his decision. Off to Jokic. Off to the rack. He has been unstoppable. Here's Oh! Are you kidding me? He's not from this planet. Here's the bracket for the knockout rounds of Eurobasket. 16 teams remaining. Lots of big names still playing, including Giannis with Greece, Luka with Slovenia, Rudy with France, and Jokic with Serbia. And games start on Saturday in Perk, there's some serious potential for a star-studded final. Mm. What matchup would you most like to see with the championship on the line? Oh, give me Giannis and Luka. That's excitement, right? You're talking about the most dominant player in Giannis who's going to give you all the dunks around the basket, who's capable of putting up 40 or 50 points going against Luka, who's one of the most skilled players right now in the game today. Like, this is this could possibly be, you know, a back and forth where both of these guys end up with 40 points apiece. That's who I want to see. Well, I, I also am going to say Giannis and Luka just because I like to see the one-on-one -on -one guys. Like, you're going to see a lot of them going at each other if they end up being the matchup. For me, Giannis and Jokic. That's what I want to see. Last year's back-to-back back, back MVP to probably the favorite this year. <laughs> And all these games on ESPN+. Bobby, Plus. Next week, Malika's back for a full week of shows. See you guys. <laughs>